Welcome to We Don't Owe You Shit, where the name speaks volumes, because we don't owe you shit. Today we're going to talk about white supremacy. Um, I came across this topic, uh, I think by accident, I'm not really sure. So, a little backstory. I mean, we know it's Black History Month, and I recently posted about white people paying black people, specifically black trans people, reparations. And a bunch of white people um, were confused as to why they should be paying reparations. To that, I have no answer for you because it's not my job to educate you. So we're going to just skip that. The part that really caught my attention was that there was a queer, white, trans woman who commented and said that white privilege only occurs in certain occasions and that her being trans and queer uh, put her on the other side of white uh, privilege. I didn't know there was another side. And she basically talked about her being, how her being trans and queer made her life more difficult. Therefore, she did not benefit from white privilege. She also went on to say that she was grateful that she didn't have to deal with the racial disparities that is experienced by other ethnic groups. Anyway, so I went on to let her know that two things, three things, four things can be true at once. And though her being trans and queer meant that she is marginalized, she still benefits from white privilege. She then went on to block me. So there's that. Anyway, so for those of you who aren't super familiar with white supremacy and you've only really heard of it and you don't really know how it applies, just know that white supremacy is responsible for basically everything fucked up in this world right now. Um, transphobia, homophobia, racism, patriarchy, all of it. Like all of the things that separate us as people, white supremacy is responsible for. So basically, I'm gonna give you a little rundown um, of white supremacy and ways in which it has affected us as black people. Um, first, um, I'm really gonna speak more about blackness, queerness, and transness. Uh, more than anything else uh, because white supremacy has made it so that people truly believe that transness and queerness are these new concepts um, that we've just made up as generations um, have evolved, I guess, um, especially when it comes to black people and blackness. Um, White supremacy has us hating ourselves, and it's 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 a lot. It is a lot. So let me get into the let me get into this. Let me get into this. So basically, 
years and years and years ago, white people decided to go to different places, right? And they decided they were gonna colonize those places by enforcing their values and deeming anything else to be wrong. Over the years, the things that they considered to be the norm or decent or um, that aligned with their values became the norm. And those things are still upheld in um, many cultures across the globe, like today. So when we're talking about like homosexuality and transness um, and how unnatural it is and how it's like this kind of new concept, that's actually not true. Um, so in tribes in Africa before colonization, um, and I'm going to apologize right now because I don't speak African. <laughs> no version of it, no dialect of African do I speak. So when I butcher these names, forgive me. I will add the spelling of these of the names of these tribes and whatnot so that you can do your own research. Okay. So among the Langi of northern Uganda, the Madoko. Dako, or effeminate males, were treated as women and could marry men. Um, there were also the Chibados or Quimbanda of Angola, who were male diviners, whom um, were be believed to carry female spirits through anal sex. Okay? So, we're talking about pre-colonization here. And in pre-colonization, um, we had, we, they wouldn't have been referred to transgender people, but we can all agree that they did not subscribe to the gender norms that our society holds onto so strongly these days, right? Um, and they definitely did not hold on to like the heterosexual strictly heterosexual ideals that we basically can't seem to get the fuck away from right um so the practice of same-sex marriage was documented in more than 40 pre-colonial african societies a woman could marry one or more women if she um if she could secure the bride wealth necessary or was expected to uphold and augment kinship ties. So this wasn't just an anal sex thing. It wasn't just men on men. It wasn't just effeminate men. Women held stature. They held power pre-colonial time, pre-colonization times, I apologize. So women, you see how like in a lot of religions these days, a lot of men are able to have multiple wives, but you don't really see that happening with women, um, especially back in the day-day. Um, this was a normal practice in many tribes prior to colonization. So fast forward a little bit, Africans are out here living their queer, uh, gender non-conforming lives you know, just really just enjoying life and, and happy for all, you know, accounts. And Europeans, AKA white people, came over and they saw these things and these things were not the norm for them. So they had an adverse reaction to it. Um, they started referring to 
anal sex is sodomy. Um, they express distress towards the idea that some people who they perceived as men would dare to be considered by their societies as women. So they felt like these people were men based off of what they thought men were, despite the fact that these African tribes regarded these people as women or at least more on the feminine side of things, right? Despite that fact, um, Europeans came and said, no, we see these people as men, so what they're doing is wrong. Why would you ever um, have these men be regarded as, as women? So, in response to that, the church basically relayed the message that individuals who did not conform to their idea of men and women would be a bad influence on Christian colonial society. So help me, help me understand this. Help me understand this. These white people came from where the fuck they were and went to where the fuck they was at and decided that the people that were on a different, completely different continent than them, a completely different country than them, were somehow going to impede on their good Christian society how? How? That doesn't make any sense. A lot of scholars, a lot of scholars felt as though that politics condemning trans men and women were state orchestrated moral panics. They were serving as decoys to distract from socioeconomic and political dysfunction. And I found that to be extremely, extremely coincidental given today's climate where our economy is in complete disarray. The political structure is just all types of fucked up. And somehow, somehow people's hyper, people are hyper focusing specifically on trans people. Keep in mind, there's been over 200 anti-trans bills introduced just this year and we're only in February and we're not even going to talk about that whole message that Donald Trump sent about how if he is elected in 2024 that he's taking away trans people's rights to transition completely at any age this is not about youth this is not about the children anymore it is a direct direct attack on trans people why do you think that is? It is a distraction from the way that everything else is so fucked up. Let's be real here. Um, so, there are people like, well, that is, you know, the, the African history and all that good stuff. That, was ha that happened years ago. Like, that's not the norm anymore. That's not true. Um, the Igbo and Yoruba tribes... Uh, who are found mostly in present-day Nigeria, they do not have um, binary genders. And they typically don't assign gender to their babies at birth. Instead, they wait until later on in life. So for those who act like non-binary people don't exist and aren't, aren't um, valid, non-binary is not, it's, it's not a new thing. Just because something now has a term for it, like cisgender, 
or non-binary. That doesn't mean that it's a new concept. It doesn't mean that somebody just made this shit up. Two-spirited, non-binary, gender non-conforming, gender queer people have been around since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. This is factual. All right, so then, um, basically, Europeans decided that what they were seeing made them uncomfortable. They taught African people how to hate themselves and the traditions that they upheld that, 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 that made them happy, that brought them happiness. The things that were working for them, white people came, Europeans came and said, no, this isn't working for you. This isn't working for you because it goes against our values. And you must uphold our values. And then the Atlantic slave trade happened. And all of these, all of people started migrating, um, whether willingly or being forced into slavery, into different spaces. And they brought those ideals with them. Now we can fast forward some centuries. We land here in the United States where white people have taught black people to hate ourselves and we have been taught to uphold beauty standards that align with whiteness although we are not white we are taught that our noses are wrong that our lips are too big that our hair is not straight enough there's such thing as good hair because kinky hair is somehow bad our body types are right are wrong i apologize they're wrong uh, the bmi we, are, we go to the doctors and we're told that we are morbidly obese because the BMI scale is based on European-centered values. We know this now. There was way too much, way too much evidence of this. And, you know, we are coming into this space where we're trying to break all of these generational um, traumas, and start to love on ourselves as black people, right? Um, though we're taught that our culture, our culture, our black culture, the way we wear our hair, the style of dress, our, the, our vernacular, the way that we speak is unprofessional, right? We're finally willing to unlearn these things and, 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 and fight back against that. However, as black people, we still hold on so tightly to homophobia and transphobia, despite knowing these facts, despite knowing that our ancestors upheld what we would call trans people and gay people as high priests, godlike figures. We held, we held high positions in African societies. And we know this to be fact, and yet people still hold on to these transphobic and homophobic ideals. Why is that? Just something to think about. Now, I know that there's going to be some white people. Yeah, I'm looking at you. It's going to be some white people that are sitting here like, yeah, us trans people and us gay people and us queer people, we are so oppressed. Da 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 da. Scrooge. Hold your horses. If you are white, if you are white and trans, 
or white and gay or white and trans and queer. Um, that does not excuse you from this conversation, okay? Um, yes, being that you're trans and queer or trans or queer um, puts you in a marginalized group. Um, you, you, still, you still are at the seat, you're still at the table um, with y'all white ass ancestors. You still benefit from white privilege. Yes, you do. Um, because white privilege does not mean that you don't suffer at all. It doesn't mean that you don't face any sort of prejudice. It doesn't mean that you can't be marginalized. It doesn't mean that you're rich. It doesn't mean that you can't be poor. It doesn't mean that you've never struggled. What it does mean is that all of those things that you're going through did not happen as a result as of the color of your skin. Okay? So just because you're a trans person or a queer person or you know, somewhere in the LGBTQIA community, that does not mean that um, you get to be colorblind or that you're incapably racist or that you're incapable of being anti-black or that you somehow are not benefiting from white supremacy because you are. I don't make the rules. The facts are the facts. Because we need to acknowledge that a lot of queer and trans white people think that being a member of the community is some sort of get out of jail free card. It's not, it ain't. Because until you can tell your uh, white homeboy to stop getting on these dating apps um, and talking about no blacks, uh, referring to uh, black men as monkeys, um, you know, stop calling us niggers, because they do. They still do. I have personally been called a nigger by a white gay person. Um, so until that stops happening and we're holding everybody in the community uh, accountable for their anti-blackness and their racism, um, you right up there with them, sis. Like, love down. Thank you for being a part of the community and everything, but you can't call yourself an ally and an accomplice if you're complacent, if you're pretending like you don't see color, if you're pretending like because you might be fucking a black person or because one of your best friends is black that somehow you're a part of this struggle. When you get to go home every day white, you wake up white, you get to walk outside, you don't have to worry about what happens when the, when the cops pull you over, you're not more likely to get shot and killed because you're black um, until you get to, to really have to fight the struggle. You're a part of the problem, until, unless you're loud and proud. Unless you're loud and proud against anti-blackness and, 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 and uh, racism. That being said, even if you're loud and proud against anti-blackness and racism, you're still benefiting from white supremacy. You still have white privilege. I don't care how trans you are. I don't care how queer you are. I don't care if you get hate mail every day. I don't care if your parents don't love you. I don't care if you're poor. I do not care if your credit is crap. I don't care if you've been incarcerated. I don't care if you've been assaulted. I do care about all of these things, but I'm saying in the context of this conversation, none of those things take away from the fact that you in fact benefit from white privilege. You wanna know why? Because none of that stuff happened because you're white. Again, you can be marginalized. 
You can be a part of a marginalized group. You can experience prejudice. But you still, and always will, have white privilege. Always. This is not up for debate. This is not up for debate. I had somebody uh, comment, I mentioned it earlier, and I was never rude to her. I was never rude to her. Um, she felt some type of way because I used her comment as an example um, when she was like, you know, white privilege only applies to some white people, okay? Um, because she was trans and queer and she felt like she ended up on the other side of white privilege, she felt like that was mean of me. But it's not like I was rude about it. I was like, this is a perfect example here and this is not true. Like, this is not how this works. That's not how white privilege works. It's so clear to me that when y'all hear white privilege, you hear a white person who was rich and had a great life because they're white. You don't actually understand what white privilege is. And until you can acknowledge your white privilege, you are part of the problem. Again, if you are not a part of the solution, you are, in fact, a part of the problem. We're not going to even negate the fact that when it comes to whiteness, we center whiteness. I said we. We center whiteness, especially when we're talking about queer and trans voices. We center whiteness. The only time black voices are, are centered in, black, uh, in queer and trans spaces is when we're dying. It, the only time we're centered is when we're homeless. It's only the only time we're centered is when there's some sort of trauma involved. As long as I've been doing this work, I've been doing this work since 2015. It took me getting bullied by by a political figure for me to build a pl platform, despite me doing the same exact work as my white counterparts. Besides me being the first black trans person that was openly on public platforms experiencing my pregnancy and talking about it. It took me getting bullied by a public figure for y'all to want to follow me. Okay? Um, not to mention how many white and, and uh, queer and trans uh, people are stealing from black, queer, and trans people. I can't tell you how many times that I've done content, content that I came up, original content of mine that I came up with. I would post it and then a day or two later, there would be a white trans person right behind me doing that same exact content. Zero credits, zero tags, zero nothing. And while I might have gotten some views and some likes, et cetera, et cetera, because of the platform that I've built organically for myself, they always get more. It happens to me, it happens to other black and queer trans creators. If you don't believe me, start listening more. Listen, use your listening ears. The problem is that whenever we start speaking up as black trans and queer people, or as black people as, as, as in general, we're automatically labeled as hostile or angry. We are the antagonists. We're complaining, we're playing victim. We want to make everything about being black. We're looking for sympathy. But the thing about it is, how about it's just that we're tired of churning out, doing all this labor 
and having it stolen. I know for a fact that I was the first person to use the word, the, the term Papa Seahorse. Now there's white trans people that gave birth after me that are using my term as though they, it's their, the name of their brand. Despite that being the name of my brand, it's the name of their brand and nobody is saying anything. Nobody is pointing this shit out. White people get away with whatever the fuck they want to get away with. And black people, if we, if we say the wrong thing, if we fart the wrong way, we lose hundreds of thousands of followers. We were canceled and all this other shit. White people are taking up space, taking away work and DE&I, diversity, equity, inclusion spaces. They're offering all these anti-black, anti-racism courses and y'all are just hiring their asses up. How are you hiring a white person to teach about anti-blackness? Being a part of a marginalized group, being them being queer or trans does not make them suddenly qualified to be teaching DE&I training. Why are you hiring them over black people? Make it make sense. And white people, why are you even offering these courses by yourself? Why? Because you're stealing. And I can't say that you guys are consciously doing this, but I know that this is a trend. I know that it's happening. And quite frankly, I'm the fuck tired. I think everybody should be eating. I think every there's enough room at the table for everyone. So I'm not jealous. I am just tired. I'm exhausted. And I know so many others who are too. We have to acknowledge the fact that even when we're talking about influencing and advocacy and education spaces, black people, we have to perform. We got to get up on stage and we got to shuck and jive or we got to we got to be going through trauma or we have to be in a precarious space where you can put on your white people cape and come and save us. Or um, we have to constantly be churning out education. White people, all they have to do is exist. The proof is in the pudding. I'm not arguing about it. It's not up for debate. A white person, all they have to do is one thing. Give birth. They give birth. They give birth, they got hundreds of thousands of followers. They don't have to do nothing else besides that. A black person does the same thing, nothing happens. It's infuriating. It's frustrating. What makes it even worse is that we're not allowed to speak up for it. But if you know me at all, you know I don't adhere to the rules. Fuck all that. This is unadulterated. This is unfiltered. This is the truth. This is the shit that I be wanting to say that Instagram will report me for or that TikTok will ban me for, that Facebook will put me in Facebook jail for because you can't even say the words white. You can't even say the word white. We have to come up with different names for white people. Palm colored, mayo brigade, brigade clear, we have to find different ways to spell the shit. Meanwhile, we're, we're called all kinds of monkeys and honkies and, 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 and niggers and, and it's absolutely insane. And what's even more insane is how many people are choosing to ignore it. 
I just want to know what side you sit on. Because if you can't acknowledge the things that I'm saying, the facts that I just gave you as true, you're not an ally. You're not an accomplice. You're just somebody who likes to consume. You're like, you're, you're one of those people that likes to consume the content because it makes you feel better because you feel like you consuming the content is somehow supporting. But if you're not actually putting in work, if you're not calling in the problems, if you're not acknowledging the problems, if you're not doing the work, then you are a part of the problem. I said what I said, have the day that you deserve.